0: Now on the T, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Hi yes, your weekly T Box Dysfunction is back. It is Maddie and the Caddy in a special episode for you today. We're very excited this week because we get to talk with Keith Mitchell, winner of the Honda Classic, and just kind of get into his story.
1: It's so amazing what people missed last week at the honda classic a nat sunday coming down the stretch it was one of those tournaments where and we've seen it before tiger wasn't in it so not a lot of people were watching but the drama that happened on sunday with an hour left in that tournament was more than palpable and it's the one thing that the Big-time inside golf fans have been buzzing about. So the fact that we're going to get to talk to Keith about this and some of the things that happened to him throughout, it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, so here's our interview uh, with Keith Mitchell. A fantastic dude. He got his win. We'll get into all the Tiger Woods stuff coming up in just a minute. Joining us now, winner of the Honda Classic, Keith Mitchell, getting ready to tee it up at Bay Hill this week. And, Wait, Keith, I want say, to start hold you. Hold up.
1: Did you say Keith? I thought it was, I did. was it Casey no was it KJ
0: no Kevin you were you With were thinking Kadar. Kevin Mitchell the yeah the Hold former up. the former baseball player Kyrie but we do it we do in Kareem. fact have Keith, um <laughs> what Keith has this last three four five days been like for you?
2: Uh, it's been awesome, but it's been crazy. I mean, I haven't even had a chance. I tried to practice today and get something done, and I mean, I probably got ten minutes worth of work done. I've just had. I mean, it's fun. Like I love having all my friends and the guys you know around just saying congrats i mean i'm never going to not say thank you and not talk about it because it's awesome it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity i'm soaking it all in and uh i mean i'm exhausted but in a good way i mean this is i'd rather be tired doing this than having energy and not winning so i mean i'm just so thankful for everything right now it's it's been so fun
0: so many people have talked about your story uh, post your win out there at PGA National. And for those who haven't heard it, just when was the last time in your career that you won a tournament?
2: Um, it was. It was about. I guess I think it was 2016 in a little mini tour event up in North Carolina. I had I had gotten some web status and. Um, there was. I was waiting for the reshuffle because it was probably like six or seven weeks off. So I went and played in a little two-day mini tour event, and, and won, I think, five thousand dollars, and that was the last one I had.
0: So knowing that, with 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 what you've gone through in your career, I want every little nugget in detail about the putt that you had to hit. But,
1: but hold on, I got to ask one thing. You got to say you won that mini tour event. What was a caddy like then? Because I know you got Happy Gilmore's caddy was, in your bag right now, Crunchy. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crunchy, Crunchy Pete. Crunchy Pete was, uh, he'd caddy for me in the Latin American tour and in Q School to get that. So Crunchy Pete was definitely there when I, uh, when I well, excuse me, he wasn't present at that tournament. But he was on my bag, so. <laughs> I, I didn't take a caddy to a mini tour event. I figured, like, that's, like, that's a little <laughs> over the top. <laughs> and did, you, did y'all have to
1: walk, or did you have carts?
2: We had carts, and they had snacks at the turn. I got crackers in a water at the turn. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, what <laughs> is mini tour event? Exp, explain to people what the mini tour events are.
2: Mini tour events are, like, rookie ball on the on – the, M L B. It's like spring you go out and try out for spring training, you know, you get to throw a few pitches, hit a hit a bat or two, and then like they cut you and you're gone. That's <laughs> about it. <laughs> and then you got the Latin American and the Canada Tours like is single A or you know, whatever, double A and then the Web Tours, Triple A, and then you got the major leagues.
0: And so the journey that you've taken now to get to PGA tour winner. Honda Classic champion, exempt through 2020, playing in the Masters, playing in the major championships. That journey from then to now, what's been the toughest part?
2: The toughest part was believing I could win. Everybody's told me I've had talent, had game, and, you know, I've proven it a couple times and with good finishes, but I still hadn't won. I never won the Latin American Tour. I lost in a playoff. I didn't win on the web tour. I think I finished third was my best finish, and and I had and I I mean I I got second in the Dominican Republic, but I was I didn't have a chance to win on Sunday right. if that makes sense. Like yeah, I, I think yeah. I lost by four, and then <laughs> I was in the last group with in the Sony this year, and I was I was four four or five back, and I didn't really have a chance to win there. So. Yeah, just having good finishes last year, I, I feel like I had a great rookie season, but I never had a chance to win. And proving myself that was, was definitely, definitely, I mean, huge Yesterday, a uh, couple days ago. Shit, still feels like <laughs> yesterday. Feels like yesterday, like yesterday. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, that's because See,
1: I already know our boy was out partying until 3 o'clock in the morning then woke up at 6 wide up and still wired. But I want to know, I love the honesty, bro, that you talked about those demons were in your head on Sunday coming down a stretch. What was it like having to fight them things, man?
2: Well, I, I, I promise you if I hadn't have let them take over before, I wouldn't know how to manage them. And it's kind of cool to know how to do it on your own. It's not like I had a sports psychologist say, you need to think this on the 18th hole. You should think this on the 18th hole. This is what's going to work. Like I had – raw, organic thoughts that I had knew were bad and knew were good (laughs) um, from all my past experiences. And I put those together, and that's what helped me on 18.
1: But ironically enough, I already know because we talked before, everyone talks about that putt on 18, but that's not the putt that meant the most to you. That's not the putt that you actually had the most thoughts going through your head. Tell everyone – which putt on Sunday meant the most to you as far as with everything that was going on in your head?
2: It was 100% number 15 after I hit that iron shot in there. I birdied 12 and 13 to get back to 700. I think that was when there was five people tied for the lead. And I hit that iron shot into 15 to, I think it was, I don't know, six, five, six feet. And it is dead straight. Straight up the hill. And there's I could not find – I was trying so hard to find break in that putt, and I couldn't do it. And so line doesn't matter. Break doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters was me hitting a good putt. Or I should rephrase that, me not screwing up. That was the only <laughs> thing. So, I mean, it was unbelievable that I had to – I had that putt. I had to do it. and And that was – I mean, I'm sitting over it. And it's impossible for me to not think about screwing up because that's the only thing I could do. And once I made that putt, I knew I was in a good mental mind frame for the next three or four holes.
0: So when you were when you were doing those next few holes, were you aware of where Ricky and Brooks were?
2: I I, I knew Brooks was at seven, and I figured there was no way he wasn't going to birdie 18. And I figured. That he was going to get to eight, and and that was that was in the back of my mind. And then he did it, and I was like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> and because I I got to eight on fifteen, and right. so i was solo lead, but I knew Brooks, I knew Brooks was going to birdie eighteen. I mean, there's no way the guy doesn't do it. So I figured that was good enough. And then I'm so Brooks and I are tied while I'm standing on seventeen, and, I, and Ricky's on the green at six, and he's on the back edge, and you know Ricky's just. Pours it in on my face on 17 and the place goes nuts
1: right which i know and you I, that. I look
2: at my caddy i look at my caddy and i was like i'm not going to say exactly what i said but i was like are you freaking kidding me
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and i was like and so then he gets to seven and i was like there's no way he's not birding 18 now and of mm. course i'm up there in the fairway waiting to hit my wedge shot and there you go ricky birdies 18. To get to to get to get eight. And I was just like, are you, this is unbelievable, Pete. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, no, I mean, they're just making it so hard for me to win here, I can't even get over it.
1: <laughs> but yet you hit that wedge shot. And after the wedge shot's in the air, what are you thinking when the ball's in the air? Or are you thinking, man, if that goes a little bit, it's dead, it's perfect?
2: I mean, I hit one less club than I would have in normal play. I I had to keep it under the hole. I had to keep it under the hole. I was pumped up. I wasn't about to take something off a gap wedge, which I normally would have in that situation. But I knew I could swing as hard as I could at that 54 degree, and it was not going to go over the green. And the only place I don't get in the playoff is, is if I hit it over the green. So we took one less club. We hit as hard as we could, and that's why I think it had a little bit more spin because when you hit a sand wedge as hard as you can, it's going to have some spin.
1: Oh yeah. And
2: it ended up, it ended up fifteen twenty feet toward the hole, and that's all we were looking for. All we wanted was a putt because worst case, I mean I don't want to say worst case. I've three putted a hundred thousand times in my life, but <laughs> worst case, being under the hole, you have a good chance of two putting and going yeah. to a playoff. When, when I you,
1: when you hit the putt on eighteen. How far away was it from the hole when you knew it was in?
2: Mm. I mean, the last three feet, it snapped, and then when that when it was breaking, and that last foot, if you I I I was thinking to myself after it went in, you know, and kind of rethinking the putt, it's like I don't really remember seeing it actually go in the hole. <laughs> so I went back to a video my buddy sent me of it, and I. Stand up and turn away before the ball disappeared. Yeah, because I just I I, I like blacked out. Knew it was going in. I kind of did a little fist pump, and then you'll see me look back to make sure that the balls disappeared because I early stepped it so soon. And then once I did that, it was when I made, did the really big fist pump.
0: Yeah, it was it was as pure of a roll as you're going to find in that situation. And I mean, it was it was dead center of the cup.
2: It didn't lip in. It didn't hit the back of the nope. hole. I mean, it no. fell in like a swish, that, like Steph Curry's three. Word. <laughs> that thing
0: just dropped. Hey, I'm curious, Keith, who alerted you? Because I'm, I'm sure the first thing you're doing after three hours of sleep and probably a hell of a party, you're waking up and, and picking up the Palm Beach, Poach, Palm Beach Post. Who alerted you to that headline?
2: I actually saw it in, like, physically, the oh, actual yeah. newspaper before anything. No because way. I didn't get on Twitter. I didn't get on Twitter. I didn't get on Instagram. Nothing. I walk out, and the, the host that I'm staying with had the paper on like literally on the kitchen island and I walk out to get coffee and I'm like are you kidding me? And he was sitting there and goes that.
0: <laughs> so you've already got like clouds in your eyes because you're out the night before having a good time. So so you're sitting there did you did you read the did
2: you read it the article? Yeah, and, and I'm and I mean, just like, what? what is this? So I called the guy that texted me about the original headline on Saturday morning saying, like, no names leading Honda, and right. I called him. I was like, Are you, did you see this? And he goes, yeah, they're, they're messing with us. They're messing with us. <laughs> and, and it makes sense if you put it into perspective, if you put it in quotes or whatever, because it's true. I talked about being a no-name, and I talked about that as, as motivation, so it makes sense, but I honestly thought that you know they were kidding with me or something, and and yeah. you know that it's all good. Newspaper. Like it ain't a real newspaper; <laughs> that's a fake. I mean, it's all good. They I knew where they were coming from because I said that in my press conference. So it, it's 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 fine. And they said like, look, we just we didn't quote it right or something. I'm fine with it. You know, it you know good any press is good press sometimes. Word. <laughs>
0: I just love that he was sitting there on an island in a kitchen while you were getting coffee, of all the things. Yeah, like, I mean, how about work?
2: that?
0: Hey, what do I have to do? Hey, during the during the broadcast, I mean, because those of us who watch golf, love golf, and, and know what it, it, it has to mean to you, and you hear life-changing win, with all the things that you've now garnered because of this win at the Honda, I wonder if you can explain what exactly this does mean to you now in your career.
2: It may, it. it... Reassures me that I can win out here. I mean, people have told you, "Oh, you're gonna win. You're gonna get your win." And I mean, that's just people being positive around you, and that's great. You need that. But you, what really matters is inside. Like, can you do it? And again, I hadn't won before, but now I know I can. And everything else is a is a byproduct. Like, I I cannot wait to go to the players. I can't wait to go to Augusta to the PGA and have a hell of a run in the in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Considering I just got 500 points. And hopefully get to the tour championship. So that's all great. But the only way you get that is winning. And I proved to myself that I could do that.
1: That's so awesome. And and especially the fact that you have been so honest about like all the demons and stuff that you're fighting. Now we gotta talk about Crunchy Pete. Because apparently yeah, my man Your man Crunchy Pete. the dude has a Twitter account but he don't necessarily run it because the is it true he still got a flip phone?
2: Dude, everything that we've said on that Twitter account, or not we, but is said about Pete, that we say about Pete, is the dead honest truth, and they're <laughs> quotes from his mouth. The only reason he doesn't run it is because he doesn't even know how to use Twitter <laughs> or what it is. That's why. Is so, great. so it's not that Pete doesn't run it and it's some parody making fun uh-huh. of him account. It's nah. legit. He just it's doesn't him. know how to use Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the best I heard the whole flip phone thing and was just howling but man what a caricature that's fantastic what
0: was the first what was the first celebratory drink that you had on Sunday
2: a Coors Light what no first, No. maybe it was a maybe it was a Michelob Ultra I don't know. I don't remember. It was the beer. <laughs> so a beer. beer, sort. I had a beer. I had a beer. It was one of those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was again. I, I everybody was just handing stuff, and it was in a cup, so whatever. Um, but I remember I did saber a champagne bottle in the in the locker room. That was kind of cool. Where you get the knife and you chop the top off of it. No, I did way. that in the middle of the locker room. <laughs> Without breaking the bottle. No, I broke. Yeah, you break the bottle; the whole glass flies across the room. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> See, I always thought if you did it correctly, only the cork flies out.
2: No, if you do it correctly, the glass flies out. and It's a clean break. Come on now.
1: Well, that tells you how many times I wasn't celebrated. I ain't sabered nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's not celebrated much. People barely trust me with a butter knife. It was so
2: great though. I we we were looking at stuff to try to do it with, and then the locker room attendant goes. Do you need a steak knife? And he pulls a steak knife out of like the the spike drawer. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. Here's some. I'm like, whoa, dude! Here. What are you doing
1: back here? Yeah, he knows what's up. You ain't gonna be complaining on how I clean your shoes no more.
2: <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> exactly? <laughs> what is
0: your favorite thing? Let's just take, let's throw golf out. No more golf. What's your favorite thing to do outside of golf?
2: Um, go to. Like awesome restaurants with my friends and have like a long dinner. I love it. I love food. Mm. I love to. I love to hang out. I love my friends and just and just you know, just goof off. It's. I love it. I. Lo- I like. I like. That's my favorite thing. I mean, I, I wish I have a bunch of hobbies. Like, there's nothing more in the world. I like sitting on a boat and having a beer and fishing out in the ocean. Mm. I mean, there's nothing. But like, that's hard to do in our life sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's hard to have enough time. And I don't have a boat, and then like you know, it's, if you rent a boat, you have a different captain. So that that I only get to do that a couple times a year. I like I like hanging out with my dad up in the mountains, and he loves smoking cigars. I don't really ever smoke cigars. I do have a good cigar story about the Honda. I can say that later. But love hanging out, grilling out with him, and and just sitting up in the mountains. You know, I I, I like that. I'm, I'm a very very off-the-wall kind of guy, and so my, really, I really enjoy my most moments when I'm just kind of simp- in simple areas.
0: All right, before we get to the cigar story, how psychotic do you get over Georgia football?
2: Um, I didn't think I got very – I thought I was a pretty even-keeled fan where, you know, you're, you're excited when they win, you're, you're bummed when they lose, but it doesn't ruin your day. You kind of follow the recruiting, but you're not the guy, like, digging in the message boards. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of, like, right in the middle. And until this year, when we played Alabama again in the SEC championship game, yeah, I was awful. I was awful. You I was, was yelling. Guy. I was jumping. I was throwing. It was – I thank goodness I was in a Georgia bar. But I think it was more the emotion of Alabama. And I have so many good friends that played golf at Alabama and went to Alabama that I hated – the fact that they beat us in the national championship. So I think I'm pretty good fan until it comes to, like, the game.
1: Well, that's the problem is. The problem is when you have friends that go to a rival school like that, You know, the reason that you're mad, too, is because you know the text messages that are coming and the smack that they're going to try and talk on the golf course, which is actually going to make you more mad.
2: Right. Right, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of guys out here. Like Kevin Kisner is the biggest Georgia fan. He could tell you, you know, what 14 year old ran in, in his in his <laughs> high school game on a Thursday night, right? I'm not that guy. I'm a Georgia fan, but I'm not that guy. Right,
1: right, yeah. Until that big game happens like that. All right, now you got to tell us because Maddie's all excited when you said cigar story because that's one of his favorite things yeah. to do when he gets on the golf course. Like <laughs> that is that's his happy place. Is a good cigar on the golf course when we're out playing. It makes him forget he's a bad golfer. But you got to give us your cigar story now.
2: So I play with these guys in prime. It's taken forever. And it's, <laughs> you know, I, I teed off at 1245, and I think we finished at 615 or something. Oh. So they were smoking cigars. They kept wanting me to smoke a cigar. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm. I'm trying to work here. Like, I'd love to smoke a cigar, but like, I'm I'm not just going to casually smoke a cigar at three in the afternoon with 80 degrees and I'm trying to practice. So, anyway, they gave me one, whatever, and I put it in my bag. And they're like, "All right, all right, you don't have to smoke it. Whatever's fine, but keep it in there until Sunday, and then you could smoke it when you win." And I was like, "All right, deal." So I don't even think about it. I put it in there, my bag, whatever. So I started digging around on Saturday, and I'm and I'm you know, pretty close, and I'm getting balls out or something, and I'm like, oh man, here's this cigar that they gave me. This is cool. I mean, it's kind of been a little bit, whatever. Right. But man, when I got in that locker room after we were done, I pulled that thing out, I put it right in my mouth, and I took a selfie and sent it to my boys. It's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I kept That's in my amazing. bag from Wednesday. I put it in my bag on 15. On 15T, I put it in my bag in the Pro-Am, and I got it out right after I got the trophy ceremony in the locker room. And it was in there the whole time.
1: You know for a fact now, them dudes are going to send you cigars. Yeah. Like, you better get a big humidor because they're going to be like, (laughs) any week that they're close by, you're getting cigars from them dudes and be like, you know what to do. We ain't got to tell you. You know where this goes. I, man?
2: Those we guys were so much fun. I was—I mean, it was so cool. I, I mean, again, are those programs sometimes—if yep. you know—if you got a guy that's a little competitive or whatever, and it's hot and it's you're slow and your <laughs> back hurts and. You gotta play at six the, the same next outfits. morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, those guys. What? Yeah, Come those on. Guys, those
1: guys would wear the same outfits, look like they're on a bowling team, and they're all serious <laughs> on the first team. Yeah. Like, yeah. And
2: they get mad at you when you miss the green, and you're like, really, bro? It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so the guys I played with, yeah, the guys I'm I played with, guys. In, yeah, the guys played with in Honda were awesome. I mean, they were so much fun, picking up for pars, cracking jokes, telling stories. So it was great. Like it, it made my five and a half hours on the golf course go by like really fast. And mm. you know, we still I was texting with them after and sending them pictures, so it's great. So again, pro ams, I've met some of the coolest people in my life playing in pro ams I've, I've friends forever, you know, whether they're sponsors, whether they're buddies, whether they invite you on a trip, whether they give you a cigar, it doesn't matter. Awesome. So I would say ninety percent of the time pro ams are awesome, but I'm not I can't forget about that ten percent sometimes.
0: The 10% is always there, and you got your good luck cigar that got you your first career PGA Tour victory. Keith, not Kevin, we appreciate you joining us, man. Congratulations on the win. We're so happy for you.
2: Guys, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it.
0: I was never very loyal to one brand of clothing. I'd open my closet, grab whatever was hanging there. Then I got my first Peter Millar Performance sports shirt, and it was a total game-changer. I wear one to work almost every day. They have the appearance of a classic cotton sports shirt, but they're designed from innovative technical fabric that's extremely breathable. I love it. It's comfortable no matter what you're doing during the day, climbing in and out of the car, running to meetings, grabbing lunch with friends. These shirts always feel comfortable, and they always look good. All of the Peter Marlar clothes I have, sports shirts, quarter zips. In fact, I'm wearing my quarter zip as well right now because oddly it's kind of cold in Florida. They all look great, and they all make me look sharp. I can go from dinner, I can go from work to dinner, feeling great, and look even better when I'm wearing my Peter Millar. Head over to Peter Wow. Three, two. Head over to Petermillar.com slash Maddie today and experience this quality for yourself. Pick up a few of these performance sports shirts. They're offered in a multitude of colors and patterns, perfect for the office or the weekend. Now, while you are there, make sure to check out some of my personal favorite styles. Use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's m i l l a r. M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash Maddie, Petermillar.com slash Maddie. All right, so here's today's story. And
1: Why don't we just call this the Frankenstein podcast, man? This is Frankenstein, well, what we're doing, and it's all Tiger Woods' fault. Damn it, you Tiger Woods.
0: Yeah, because earlier in the week, Michael and I were both at Bay Hill Club and Lodge, Lodge and Club, uh, out there in Orlando. Uh, we were there together Monday and Tuesday, and we, we taped killed this. killed
1: it on Monday.
0: Oh, uh, had such a good podcast, and it was all about the Tiger Woods effect. Now,
1: and here's what I will say about that. Everything.
0: Since we left each other, I'm back in West Palm. Uh, Michael stayed there in Orlando. Tiger withdrew because of an x ray You know what stinks is we did that kick behind podcast,
1: and we was like, word, that was off the chain. This is going to be bananas week. Let's reward ourselves and go play some golf. And we got out there to the wonderful Tranquilo Golf Resort, four seasons. We got the hookup from our boy over there, and he took care of us. The oh, Rod was, Cook, yeah. Yes, Rod, man. The course was empty. It was off the chain. And on the fourth hole, you were like, yo, Tiger just <laughs> pulled out with a next train. And I was like, man, shut up. You're not even beat me like that. Come on, bro. And he go, nah, for real. I grabbed my phone and next train. And the thing he put on Twitter, I was like, hold up. You've had this next train for a couple weeks? He said a few weeks. Which is more than two, which means this dude had the next strain, either happened in L.A. or he had it when he went to Mexico and still played through it, man. Come on. And then at the the second one he put out, put you know, two parts to the tweet, put that second part out talking about. Right, hopefully I'll be okay for the players. Hopefully I'm gonna tell you right now, if that dude does not show up for the players championship, there better be some red flags go up. I'm gonna call the coast guard to go to his house and check on him.
0: Yeah, cause look, there's, there's a couple of things. One, uh, the, I don't, I'm not too concerned with the few weeks situation only because he, it could have been something that maybe he slept wrong or there was something weird and he worked it out on the golf course and then just taking the week off and may have tightened up again until he's just being precautionary. The one, the thing that hopped out to me while we were playing golf, which by the way, if we were playing for Michael's beard, it would have been shaving because I beat him. Shut up. But one shot. If, if, uh, <laughs> still a victory. Bragging. That's all our boy Keith Mitchell <laughs> won by. But if we were the the second part of the tweet is what concerned me because he said hopefully I'll be ready for the players. What did I say to you? I go well. There's his out for Sawgrass because he said hopefully. But if he's if
1: man, when you said there's his out, I'm like, why would that dude need an out for the players championship? I mean, I I almost can understand not wanting to play here. And then you go, I'm going to play two in a row. I don't want to play three in a row. And he had great success at Valspar last year. So it's like, all right, I know how to play the Players' Championship. He can play it real conservative and still put up a number. Remember, the last time he won, though, it was in May, and we're going to be in March. So that course is going to be completely different than the course that he won on earlier. That being said, if he plays there and Valspar, because I think him taking this off the list off – him bailing on Bay Hill opens Valspar up, and I'll be the first one to tell you that tournament director, she about to burst. She was so excited at just the prospect of Tiger coming back because that she thought that was off the like it was no chance whatsoever. But we both believe he ain't playing match play. No, so that's
0: match play. He's not going to put himself because what you and I have both done on the podcast is we've been very honest and critical of the match play format where they try to keep all the big names around at least for three rounds or whatever the case might be. It's just too much golf. And if he's and got then, a neck strain now. Weekend, yeah. If you make, if he, if Tiger Woods played there and made the
2: weekend,
1: that would be seven rounds of golf in four days. And we saw how
0: beat up he looked just playing 72 holes in three days. And I'm not. I'm not concerned about Tiger until he misses the players. If he misses the players, I'm telling you, then, I'm, then, then it's time, time to glare up a little right bit. there. I'm be like, yeah, I'm pulled a fire alarm. I'm gonna be. Hey, I'm, I'm scared. Can you can you tell people why you're talking like a phone sex operator today? What's you know? I'm I might have a side gig. <laughs> All right, look,
1: here's the truth. <sighs> On Monday when we did the podcast. The media center was empty, which we actually talked about, which was cool and fun. So I could get, I could just be myself. I might get a little loud. I might get a little emotional, let things go a little bit. But now the place is packed because it's Wednesday and they've already had a whole bunch of like interviews and stuff. And the interview room is literally in the media center where people are working. And what? So you can't even sneak in and out when somebody's up there doing an interview or else you look like the bad guy. And now there's like a hundred people in there. And I was earlier just trying to uh, write and play a little music just lightly. And already somebody came back and was like, um, someone was wondering who had the music playing back here. Somebody who don't have rhythm, just unlike what I'm jamming to. So I might sound a little more reserved. You sound... You sound weird. I could work at a jazz radio station at some
0: point. Hey, uh, welcome to like. So, what would happen? What would happen if you went full caddy right now? If I went full caddy,
1: like I was like we was in a booth. Booth. If I went full on that way, somebody from either the tournament or two people from the PGA tour would walk back here. And asked me to keep it down a little bit, and that's the other thing that drives me crazy about this. All these writers that always get—they're always mad and bitter anyway. But now <laughs> these dudes all normally when they grind and they put their headphones on, but when they just sitting around not doing nothing, they don't have their headphones on. And now it's a problem that you can hear my voice. Well, put your bows on, stupid. Like you got them for a reason. Or borrow my beats. Come on over here. Get some bass in you. <laughs> Please stop staring at me, fool. You see, I got a headset on. What do you think?
0: All right, so I'm going to put this out there just so, so people are like, why does Michael sound like he's, <laughs> you know.
1: All right, so. On a 900 number, something like you're calling late night with Mike. Right?
0: Will <laughs> Tiger play next week? I don't know. I'm not not You're not allowed to take I'm that. I'm
1: not stance. guessing, bro. I'm not because I'm scared. I'm afraid that he's not going to play next week. So that literally scares me that he's not playing next week, and I want him to. I, I I'm not going to say I need him to, but I certainly want him to. But you know what though? I'll be honest. I'll be honest again. And here's the little. Thank so you for all, not
0: lying to the listener.
1: It's not that I'm not lying to the listener, but I'm going to be completely honest with. I got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. And you know what the devil on one of my shoulders says? And this is not what? the listener will appreciate this, but our bosses won't. There's a, that little devil hopes that Tiger doesn't play. You know why? Because we in the media, and I don't just mean us, I mean everyone, we have fallen right back into that Tiger trap again where if Tiger ain't playing, no one cares. You're no one wrong. cares if Tiger ain't playing. And that is we didn't learn that lesson the last time. Like when this dude was gone, everyone was like, oh, what are we going to do? And we are running towards that cliff again. Again, we're running towards that cliff, and it's Tiger's fault. <laughs> it's funny. I blame him because, I w- you know, if he didn't win the Tour Championship and there wasn't like a 27,000 people behind him or the ratings weren't the way that they were at the PGA Championship or the Open Championship, that's the problem. The problem is we got Tiger back, and everybody was like, phew, all right, we're good. Tiger's back. We ain't got to do nothing now. And now Tiger's pulled out, and everybody's like, um,
0: Ooh, Here, but now? here's the thing. Here's where you're. I would say, sixty percent right, forty percent wrong. Okay, sixty percent. You are correct that Tiger changes the game, unlike anything we've ever seen. And so, yeah, the media is going to default to the biggest star to ever play the game. That's that's where you're right. The other part of it is that if you want us to forget about Tiger and the media as a whole to kind of latch, then the players are going to have to do something to give us a reason to forget about Tiger. And they just haven't. There hasn't uh. been a guy to step up. No, Michael. Look, Brooks Hepko won two majors last year. That dude's cool but has no pulse. Jordan that, Spieth not true, is ma'am. an all-American true, guy, ma'am. but but you need a guy that comes out there because here's where t- Tiger's otherworldly talents carried the sport for two decades.
1: Nah, okay? here's the thing with Tiger: Tiger was the dude that you could love and hate. That's the problem. The problem is Tiger was so polarizing. He was like I, he was Howard Stern. He he still is. The people that hate that's Tiger bad, Woods.
0: That's a bad analogy.
1: No, and I'll tell you why. Because he never said anything controversial. It don't matter if you hated Tiger Woods. If he wasn't on TV, you didn't watch golf either. If you hated Tiger Woods and he was on and he was playing good and and up near the lead, you would turn the TV on because people are still amazed by him. by him.
0: No, but people but were still am- people were still amazed by his talent. Right, but people also they may have been it. tired of yeah they may have been tired of seeing him win all the time.
1: Nah, because this is the thing. All those people that would write and complain about, hey, why you only do Tiger Woods? Why you write about Tiger Woods? Why you do this? You, I don't hear diddly from them people when when he was gone. This is what I'm saying. Even the haters of Tiger Woods were happy to see him back because they were watching and complaining. Like even the trolls. It's not like anybody's trolling Jordan Spieth, being like, yeah. But that's the problem.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You you know why I love Patrick Reed? I love Patrick Reed because he's a villain. That's why I love him. He's a villain. And people talk about Patrick Reed and they talk about the game because Patrick Reed gives them something to talk about. With all due respect to Jordan, Jason, Rory, Ricky.
1: Here's the here's where that argument. This is the problem with the argument. Then, the problem is to make up for Tiger, you need two people. You need a champion and a villain. And then both of them have to be playing awesome to go toe-to-toe so you'll watch for those two people. But you know what, though? It is also it is also our fault, too, in the media because there are plenty of fantastic drama stories out there that aren't being told. Now, think about this. Keith Mitchell makes a putt on the 18th hole at the Honda. To beat Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler, like to keep out of a playoff from them two monster guys out there. The crowds are huge, and you know what the headline in the Palm Beach Post was? No, no name, name champion. Yeah, look, but, but no but, but, name but, champion. Okay, Man, and with had all, to call and apologize to that dude because that was such an ignorant headline.
0: But were they were they wrong? N- Yet it was wrong. They, they were they were wrong that everyone knew who Keith Mitchell was. It it's not
1: that anyone knew who he was. The here's the problem. That dude just did something that everybody had been trying to do. Like this dude I agree. made a monster putt. So there's no such thing as a no if you're on the PGA tour, you're not a no name. Just because we ain't told your story, that's not you the reader or the listener's fault. That's our fault. We no, didn't tell not. that story.
0: That's Come not. on, man. We y- got to take responsibility. Are. No, we we, gotta no, ta- no, no. No, we don't. No. Okay. We are, you are off base here because I agree with you that it is incumbent upon the media to go find the stories, but the players, certain players, have to give the media a reason to tell the story. Keith of Mitchell course. did something. He one of the biggest putts I've ever seen. A guy, guy didn't even win in junior. The guy last went last one in like junior golf, and he goes and and takes down uh, that huge putt uh, you that he had to something awesome. Yeah, when I finish, that's but,
1: good. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. And
0: he he did he did something tremendous, and people were talking about him that day. Keith Mitchell is not a sustainable story week in and week. Out. Out, he's we just beginning his story. We don't know that yet, but the story is starting to be told. But what? I'll, what but what, the reason you're off base with, like, oh, we got to tell these stories. You know what the most popular story over the last month was that had nothing to do with tournament golf? Well, the USGA and the rules. No. No one cares about that either.
1: Ooh, it, I don't think that's true. Was, that made headlines all over the place. That made the front page of the paper, the spat hey. between Justin Thomas
0: and the USGA. You know what it didn't outdo? It didn't outdo Matt Kuchar in the caddy. Oh, it did not. Yes. Matt Kuchar in the caddy City was large. national news. Yes. It was national news. But my point being is that it took something of that magnitude to have people forget about Tiger for a minute, forget about everything else, and talk about golf as a whole. And that's where I was getting to with Tiger, The where post-Tiger golf needs a villain and needs a story. Because otherwise, it's just a bunch of white dudes playing golf, pre-Tiger, with that clan relative to where we have now. And what I was getting ready to say with Ricky, Jordan, Justin, Jason, Brooks, all of these, Dustin Johnson, all these otherworldly talented dudes, they are so good and they are fun to watch for the hardcore golfer, but none of them bring in the fringe sports fan.
1: But that's only because the level of golf that's being played out here right now is so good. By so many guys, there's no way for one guy to dominate. That was the other thing that we we as sports fans love. We love a dominant figure. If somebody's dominant, then it's easy to find ways to love them and easy to find ways to hate them. That's why people. That's look at the Patriots. Look at the Patriots. Look at when the Yankees were the dynasty. The Yankees were like they're still hated and loved by people like that's and tiger woods was that in golf but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still tell you about everybody else because at least now we legitimately can go i can see the end I can see the end from there. Now I understand in like 2004 and 2007 you're like this gravy train is rolling. It's going to be out here forever. But it's now 2019. Tiger is way is over 40. And all those back surgeries and all those knee surgeries and all them little injuries. Now he's out and gone and it's like, "Um, maybe we should start planning Hey, maybe we should start doing some more fun stuff with Bryson D. You know, maybe somebody somewhere has got to figure out a way that we can talk in to Patrick Reed. And is he really a bad guy? Or maybe is he a fun dude that we don't know a whole lot about? We just absolutely love putting him in that villain role and he hasn't shied away from it like everybody else. Like,
0: but they have to, there has to be something to attract the people. That's it. There's got to. There has to be. Even when uh, Jordan and Bubba Watson, I believe it was 2014, maybe at the Masters, when this guy named Jordan Spieth won the week before at the Shell Houston Open, uh, qualified to get into the Masters and then went toe to toe with Bubba Watson. Like even as good as that was, the numbers were down. Yes. And yeah. so and they're they're going to be
1: at first. They're gonna be at first,
0: but so you can't blame the media for that.
1: No, I, I don't think it's all the media's fault. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying this is all the media's fault and all the media's doing. All I'm saying is that we there has there has to be preparations made for the end because th- this is. I think this might start happening more often now. Yep. And that scares me to death. Like you said, is Tiger going to play the players championship? Well, according to that tweet, we all know. I was a hundred percent sure on Monday when we left the media center together on Monday and went to the golf course. It was a, it was, it was everything that I dream of when it comes to doing what we do. Oh, like we that's it. so sweet. I mean, because we did a kick-ass podcast. Tiger was going to be playing this week and next week. Like, we had all kinds of good stuff we was getting ready to do. And we're going to play golf on a great golf course on a perfect day and whatnot. And then, <laughs> now what? Uh, oh, no. I didn't. Okay, so what does that say about Rory and Ricky? I didn't build my bunker yet. I think, you know, the best we can hope for right now, I don't even think it's Rory and Ricky. I think we have to hope for a scenario where Rory, Bryson, Patrick, Justin Thomas.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, well, just we Thomas need Justin is, Thomas to. Keep he's not playing this week, with, though. He, I know. Yeah, but but going forward, we need him. We need him to keep getting mouthy with the gallery. I'm telling you, the sport needs something. We need to get to, yeah, to Kessler see, Justin, and be like, hey, Kessler, have, have Patrick be the, be the bully <laughs> for the next two months. That's what or, we need. Or like
1: we could just tell Kessler too, yo, grab somebody's phone hey. and throw it in yeah. the water like Steve yeah, Williams yeah, did yeah. with a
0: camera. Yeah. You know I me? Mean? Go, like, go, step on someone's club. Like just do, <laughs> do something. I'm telling don't you. I mean, you think i over if a baby starts crying? I'm like, come you, on, man. What are you doing? You think I'm kidding? But the second tiger pulls out of some <laughs> people, like, up, oh, don't care about May Hill. That's why you need something. Someone. A story, a caddy getting shorted money. But the
1: problem is the problem is all of those things are temporary and won't bring people to stay. Like people would be into, like the whole coochie thing. People jumped on it and watched it for a second, but then no one turned on the T V to go, Hey, let's turn this on to actually watch Matt Couture play golf because his golf
0: is boring as hell. It's Let just- me ask you something though. <laughs> You're right. But what if what if a guy like Brooks Kepka, who I've made the joke numerous times doesn't have a nervous system, what if he just started going out in the media and just turning into Gronkowski and was like, Yep, I'm better than everybody. No one can out
1: hit me. No It's coming. I'm telling you right now, it's coming. Here's this is one of the Breaking News? It's kind of one of the beautiful things of you know what? I'm gonna. I will try and find it because I know Brooks is at a part right now where he don't even care. I'm gonna try and find the text message because I was texting with them back and forth. Um,
0: That's amazing. How about how, how about we get some of these guys on the podcast?
1: Uh, you know what? We just might do that. Let me see. Uh,
0: you know, it's riveting to listen it, to people it. scroll through their text messages. <laughs>
2: you know what? Then okay, no. fine.
0: You. We don't need to go to Kessler. Go to Bro- text Brooks right now. Hey, I'm roll. I'm recording my podcast. You need to turn into a WWE character. Well, he's not going to go WWE,
1: but um, sick. Okay, here was the deal because he actually went on Sway. Like Brooks is a huge hip hop fan. Huge right, hip hop fan. Before
0: right? you read this, are you sure he's going to be okay with this being out there? I'm gonna yeah, just, yeah, because okay. he was right. on. he okay. was
1: on Sway in the morning. He was on, and I was making fun of him because he went on Sway and he didn't take, I got inside information that, you know, he's a Nike dude, so he went there, Nike gave him a whole bunch of swag to take over to SiriusXM to the studios, right? So he goes to the studios and Sway, he didn't know, is a huge Jordan fan. Like, Jordan's the brand. Jumpman. So, he took a bunch of sneakers over for them, but he took Jordans to give to somebody else and didn't give him to Sway. So I gave him crap about it and sent him a text and was like, yo, how are you going to go see Sway and not take him some Jordans, bro? <laughs> he goes, they gave Jordans to someone else before. I was like, yo, that would have been slick, and slick or sick. And he goes, Sway's the man, though. So he was saying... He had such a great time, and Sway had no clue that he knew anything about the hip-hop world. And so we kind of started talking about, man, there's a lot people don't know about you. And I was saying a bunch of rappers might reach out to him to play some golf, and he said, I would love that. And he was saying, that's the type of interview I love and keep it real, and it's not always about just being a good guy, like being, you know, P.C., So he said, golf always has the same questions, man. And we, as golfers, we get tired of hearing the same thing. And it's true. Hello, format of
0: our podcast. What what are we waiting on here?
1: All I'm trying to say, bro. That's all I'm trying to say. So Brooks has already put it out there. He was like, I'm not going to be the vanilla PC dude anymore. Like, I'm not doing that. And it's true. He That dude did not. He does not get the. Due respect of somebody who went back to back US Opens and a PGA championship. Like that dude should be able to walk into a room and people go, Brooks, yo. You know, and he went on Instagram with his girl and he was in
0: thong, baby. Correct. Bruh. <laughs> Brand <laughs> Brooks. If Brand Brooks goes by way of how you think he's going to go, that would be good for golf.
1: Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.